Okay, we are doing Daf Peva. We're starting from the very bottom of Pehe Amid Beis by the two dots. So the Mishnah was saying that Tshuva, it sounds like Tshuva alone is Mechaper for light sins. And the Mishnah mentioned, for example, an assay, failing to fulfill a mitzvah, or a losa assay when transgress or plain law, which is punishment only, but the punishment is only lashes. So such a thing, Tshuva um, is Mechaper for alone. But the more severe sins, Chuba can protect you, but then you need Yom Kippur as well. So the Gemara says, Hashta If the mission says that it's Machaper for Losase, which is a little bit more chamer than a plain mitzvah. A plain mitzvah, if a person doesn't put on tefillin, there's no punishment. A Losase is a little bit more chamer. A person, let's say, violated Malachan Yantif. So they get lashes. So if the mission is saying that even for a Losase, which is a little more stringent, Teshuvah is Machaper alone. Did it need to say that Teshuvah alone is Machaper for a mitzvah's essay? So we're basically asking, the Mishnah has, it only needed to say that Tshuva is Mechaper for Elosa say, and then we would know that Ma Elosa say, which is more Chomer, Tshuva alone is Mechaper for, and certainly Tshuva is Mechaper for failing to do a Mitzvah say. So the more answers, Amar Vyudal, Amar Allah say, it's Mechaper on an essay, but Elosa say, Shinitikla essay, and Elosa say, which is fixed by a Mitzvah's essay. So in other words, not all Elosa essays have Malkus. There are other types of Elosa uh, essays which can be fixed. Like, for example, one of them is No, sir. So if you don't, if you leave over the meat, the kachim, you didn't eat it by the right time, so the Torah says it should be burned. So somebody who, let's say, leaves over the meat, he doesn't get malchus, because since it's still possible for him to do the mitzvah of burning it, so that's a fix. Like, that's an idea. Lav hanitik is that it's more kuladik, it's a fixable thing. Like, if you steal as well, it's fixable, you can return it. So the Mishnah was saying that a losa say, when it said losa say, it only meant a losa say hanitik lase. Now, that's a very important point, because... Now, what the implication would be that if I have a losa say gummer, a losa say which carries the punishment of uh, lashes, let's say somebody muzzles their, their ox or their cow when it's on the threshing floor, which is a losa say gummer which receives lashes, then maybe chuva is not machaper for it. And then you, have to, you, and then you have to wait until Yom Kippur to get kapar. So the Gemara says, is that really true? A losa say gummer low is the conclusion then that a full fledged losa say chuva alone is not machaper. But look at this bride. So it says, in Kalos, these are the lighter Isurium where we say chuva alone gives kapar. Essay, a losa say, both an essay and a losa say, top. Except for the law of saying Hashem's name in vain. And the Pashib shot is because that's, there's something that's more severe. The Torah says, There's something more severe about saying Hashem's name in vain. So it's mashma that any law, except for that, except for Losisa, Tshuva is Machaper for it. That's a contradiction to Rav Yudah. Rav Yudah is saying that Tshuva alone is not Machaper for Losa Say Gummer. It's only Machaper for Losa Say Hanitic Lase, a lighter type of essay, Losa Say. So the Gemara answer is no. Losisa v'chol didami la. The Brayse didn't mean to say Losisa is an exception as opposed to other lav. It meant anything like Losisa, which is a lav, anything which is a lav that's not fixable, like Losisa, then Shuvah alone is not machaber for you need Yom Kippur. Says the Gemara Tashma, but let's look at this Brayse. Rehuda Omer, koshu humi Losisa lamata, any type of thing in the Torah which is like Losisa and below, meaning like Losisa or less severe than that. But anything that's like the law of taking Hashem's name in vain or more chamer, so then Shuvah only like, uh, suspends a person from punishment and then Yom Kippur really does the atonement. So what's our question? So we're assuming that anything is below lo sisa, we're assuming means any plain lav in the Torah, and we still see that tshuva is machaper for it. So again, Rav Yudah is saying that a plain legitimate lav, you need Yom Kippur, here it sounds like not like that. So the Gemara says, no, lo sisa b'chol dami leh. When Rav Yudah here, the Tana was saying, he's like lo sisa and anything like it. Any plain lav is like that. Again, we kept on thinking of lo sisa is like a stronger lav, and the Gemara is deflecting that no, it just means lo sisa and anything like it, that it's a plain lav, bifne atmo, and achanam, you're going to need Yom Kippur.
before. Says the Gemara Tashma, let's look at this price. When we're talking about the, the in Chorev, which is the story of Chate Ego, so it says, Venake, right? There's a, there's a very difficult pasuk there. When Hashem is talking about the Yud Yimumida, so we have Hashem says, Venake, lo yinake. The person can be um, absolved, and oh, he will not be absolved. So there's like a stira, and the Gemara is going to address that. Does a person get, uh, get atonement when he does tshuva, or does he not? So it says, there's a concept that if a person does tshuva, it's Venake, he gets atonement. I would say that even the love of Losisa, saying Hashem's name in vain, you could also get forgiveness. Through just doing teshuva. But also, what does the Torah say? Lo so, so we say that, that there's something special that Hashem is not going to be menake for lo sisa. You might think that the same thing is true for other plain lavin, that tshuva alone you don't get atonement for. The Torah adds the words, his name, which means Hashem is not going to be mechaper for the people who use his name in vain. So this b'risa is really explicit that tshuva alone is mechaper for other chavi lavin. It's just that tshuva alone is not mechaper for lo sisa. So this is a kashim review. The review was saying again that even a plain lav, you need to kip. So the Gemara says, you're right, this price is against Rav Yehuda, but Tanahi, we could defend that it really it's Machlokas Anam, and I'm going to show you a different price which does go like Rav Yehuda. The Tanya says in a price, I'm not Shuvah Mechaperes, what types of things is, is, is the Shuvah Mechaper for alone? Al Etze, failing to do a mitzvah, Al Lusa Seh Hanitik Laetze, or Al Lusa Seh, which is fixable in something else. What types of things do tshuva only suspend from punishment but you need uh, Yom Kippur to be mechaper? Al Krisus, an Avera that has Karis, a Mises Basin, or an Avera that has the punishment of death. So this price says like Rav Yehuda, so we basically are saying that there's a conflict between the prices. In fact, it's Machlokas Tanoim, and Rav Yehuda is supported by this latter price. So we're coming out, it's Machlokas Tanoim, whether Alosa say Gomer, if tshuva alone brings atonement for that, or if you need Yom Kippur as well. Says the Gemara Mamar, we said in the Bride, so what do we say? It says the word Venake with Chuva, it's Mashma, that a person can be absolved with Chuva alone. So the Gemara says, Minalan. How do we know this? Meaning, the Torah just says Hashem will pardon somebody. How do we know it's talking about with Chuva? The Tanya says in the Bride, we can't say that Hashem always absolves a sinner, because at the end of the passage says he will not absolve. Again, it says Venake, Loinake. You can't say Hashem never absolves. It says he will. So Hakit said, How do we figure out this passage? Venake, Loinake. The answer is, must be that Hashem will forgive somebody who does teshuva. But for people who do not do teshuva, then he will not, um, he will not uh, absolve us. So therefore we see in the source that there's an idea of v'naka, that with teshuva alone a person gets kapar. That's what the price was, was referring to uh, back there. And v'naka, lo yinaka, lo yinaka means with she'enim shavim. Someone does teshuva, someone sins and doesn't do teshuva, then Hashem does not forgive him. When they were on a mission together in Rome. So the, the, it seems that there was, they were once in Rome and they asked him a question. Have you heard about the four different types of kapara that Rabbi Shmuel expounded on? There are three different types of things that brings a person kapara. Really, there's only three different categories of atonement. It's just that tshuva goes together with all of them. So what are, what are these? So Rebbe Lezbun says, Avar al someone did not do a mitzvah, and now he's trying to do teshuva for that. He doesn't move from there until he's forgiven. Meaning, immediately, if a person does teshuva for not doing a mitzvah, he gets forgiven. So it says, as soon as he does that, there, since that with tshuva alone, he's going to get uh, kapara. 
A person did a losas and he gets tshuva, and then he does tshuva, tshuva tola. Then it just suspends the punishment. Yom Kippur, you have to wait for Yom Kippur. It sounds like Yom Kippur is machaper for all affairs. We see that some sins are not forgiven until you get to Yom Kippur. So here clearly he holds that a losas needs Yom Kippur, tshuva alone is not enough. If a person does a sin that you get cars for, or Mises Basin, and he does Teshuvah, Teshuvah, Yom Kippur, Tolin, so then even Teshuvah and Yom Kippur together are not, are not enough for Kapara. They're just Tola, they're suspended from punishment. But Yusur and Mamakim, there still has to be some sense of suffering. There's going to be some suffering, which will bring him Kapara. So you see in that Pasuk that the rod, the suffering of a person, is going to send to, uh, to, bring, to bring Teshuvah here. Okay. Um, so, so now, so now, and what's the fourth category? If somebody has the, the sin of Chil Hashem, they've desecrated Hashem's name, then that's the worst, and Shuvah cannot, cannot, um, cannot suspend punishment at all. Thank you for Suffering can't even do it. And all of them together work just to suspend from harsh punishment, meaning all of them being Teshuva, Yom Kippur, and sufferings. But, but the only way that a person really gets himself is because it's only through death that he really gets the atonement. So in this context here in the Navi, it seems that there was a Chil Hashem, and responding to that, Akalish Baruch was saying that we uh, we only they're only going to get real teshuva only when uh, when they when 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 they end up um, when they end up dying. Okay, says the Gemara now. Now that we mentioned Chil Hashem, so once we mention Chil Hashem, we want to understand what it is. Heichidam Chil Hashem was an example of that. Amar Rav, So Rav says a personal example. Somebody like me would take money from the butcher. If I wouldn't pay for it right away, that would be a chil Hashem. In other words, the butcher wants to get paid right away. So let's say somebody is coming and he doesn't pay right away. So the butcher is going to, might be chosh, he's not, he's not going to pay. So, so, so if he's a tamachachim, he has to be very careful to pay right away at the right time. This is only true. This is different types of things what the butchers do. Sometimes they, they, they go after people and they demand the money. And sometimes it's expected that the people just bring the money to them. So if it's in a place where, the, where, the, where, the, where they don't go and demand the money and the person is just expected to come up with the money, then it would be a chil Hashem if uh, you would take um, meat from the butcher and not pay right away. But if it's a place where the butcher goes and demands, less then we don't have an objection on it because that's the normal standard. If somebody doesn't bring payment, no one's going to be choshish that he's trying to steal because everybody knows that the... That, 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 that it's on the butcher to go demand the money. So again, the Chil Hashem is that someone's going to be choshesh that you're not going to pay for the meat. So if it's a place where the, it's normal, regular, you take on the credit and then the butcher goes and demands money, then there wouldn't be a Chil Hashem not to pay right away. Amar Avino, It's unclear exactly why this is so important, but Ravina says that Masa where he was from, is a place that's like that. In other words, where it's very normal, it's standard not to pay right away, and then the butcher just comes after people, and therefore wouldn't be a Chil Hashem in that location not to pay properly. Says the Gemara Abai, the Shakabis from Mitre Shurtz, when Abai would buy meat from two different partners, so he wants to avoid the possibility that one is going to be Choshesh, that he wasn't paid. So maybe, oh, but really the reality is he could pay the other partner, but in order to make sure that there's, you know, totally clean, Yav Zuzullah Hai, Zuzullah Hai. What would Abai do? He would give away the Zuz. One Zuz would be meaning the price that the meat was being sold for to one partner, and then he would pay again another Zuz. So he's paying double to the other partner. He would then bring both partners together. And say, you know, oh, I paid you, oh, I paid you. And then they would give him some extra meat. So he would do that again, lift the Mishra's in to make sure there was no Chil Hashem. Rabbi Yochanan Amar, what is 
and avoiding chil Hashem kegon enough for someone that's great like me. The mesatim arba amos below Torah tefillin. If I would go even four amos without learning Torah, without wearing tefillin, that would be a chil Hashem. So we see it's like a personal thing. It really depends on the person what could be a desecration of Hashem's name. Says the Gemara Yitzchak to Rabbi Yana Yamar Koshech from his Bachur Machmash Muaso. And an example is people's friends are embarrassed of his, of his name, meaning his reputation. That's an example of Chil Hashem. So this idea is that if there's some rumors and people are saying bad things about a person, that causes Chil Hashem. And the Gemara gives an example. This is like what people say. Who should forgive that person? I mean, people are saying that, uh, you know, people are saying he's done bad things and oh, God should pardon him. If such a person is in such a state, then he's brought to Chil Hashem. Says the Gemara, Abai Amar and Abai Abai is bringing a brisa which really supports the definition that we just gave that Chil Hashem is based on reputation. Because the Tanya says in a brisa, you should love Hashem. So it's always a big question, right? What do, how, what, how is the Torah commanding us to love Hashem? What does a person do to bring about such an emotion? So in this brisa, we interpret it doesn't mean like you love. That's not the chiyah, but it means something else. It means means that you cause Hashem's name to become loved. How do you do that? If a person is doing the right thing, he's learning Torah, serving and whenever he does business, he does it in a pleasant way. What do people say about such a person? Fortune is the person who taught him Torah. Fortune is the teacher who taught him Torah because we see the Torah as bringing about good character. And they say, wow, look what Torah can do for a person. Woe to a person who doesn't learn Torah. Plenish shalom datar. This person will taro come on avdarach. Let's see how pleasant he is. Come to kana myself. How 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 classy he acts. I love a kasher bomer. Very only avdi avdi yisrael asher bechal es paer. Hashem is glorified through the people. The people themselves bring kiddushim shemayim just by doing the right thing. Because people see, wow, this person is good because it's associated with his tar. Avamisha karvishon mishamish bechamim. The ein masom atan mamunu. But let's say somebody's learning Torah. And but his business is not done well. So you notice he's a, he, he's very tough in business, and people don't like him. He doesn't speak pleasantly. So what are people going to say about such a person? Look, this guy knows all the Torah. He learns a lot of Torah, but he's not acting nicely. So what do people say? What do the person who learned Torah? Meaning, they see that it stems from the study of Torah. They somehow see association between his Torah and his ill-refined midos here. So we say. They're going to say, what did this person learn Torah? What did his father who taught him the Torah? What did his teacher who taught him the Torah? They associate with Torah. See how bad his deeds are, how ugly his ways are. So they've departed from his land. So we see an idea here that there's Chil Hashem. Hashem gets upset. Um, the Jews are kicked out of the exile specifically because of this, that people say bad things based upon uh, Torah. So Abai is bringing this price as a support for Hashem that our chiv is to make Hashem love, that, that people should say good things about a person because he has learned. That's about Chil Hashem. Now we talk about, in general, how great teshuva can be. You know how great teshuva is from There are different healings that come to the world through teshuva. So it seems like a very powerful thing that... Uh, Teshuva advances the world, and there are certain cures and things that are discovered with the passing of time, and we see this. There haven't been cures for diseases for years and years, but then eventually it's discovered. And the thing that does that, that brings the world to that point, the Gemara is saying, is Teshuva. Shabbat says, I love what they do, then I will love them freely. And we see this idea here in the Pasuk, where it's Teshuva in the, in the beginning. 
Okay. Says the contradiction in the Psukim. You make our Shovim Matam. It says, you, the, the, the bottom Shovim, the children who sin, you do Shuvah to make our Shovim Matam, which implies it's always going to be like they were bad in the beginning. Meaning that um, Shovim is like just a kid who was immature, he didn't know what to do. So we see that after Teshuva, a person's not going to be responsible at all. It's like totally removed. Then it's totally eradicated. Kanmi here, but the pasuk that says that sin still that sin still has some sort of effect that that that, that there's some stain that which is which, which remains is only when a person is motivated just by fear. Continues the Gemara of Yudam Rami Yiksev Shuvadam Shomem Avram Shuvasechem that's saying Akolish Baruch Hu relates to us like butter like children. Shem is mechaper us like a father to his children. Yiksev another pasuk that in Eichin Ba'adur Chem Lakati Aschem Yed Ir Ushnami Mishpacha. Here Hashem is saying I'm like a master. And he, it's like a master to a slave. So how does HaKadosh Baruch Hu relate to us based on Tshuva? Is it like a master to a slave? Or is it like a father to sons? The Lord says, Lokasha, Kanmi Avim Yira. When it's like children, that's either from Ava or from Yira, motivated from fear or from love, one of the two. Again, there's different levels, like we just discussed in the previous Gemara, that Tshuva Mehava is greater. But either way, HaKadosh Baruch Hu relates to us like a parent. When is it only like a, a master? When a person's suffering, and it's only to stop the suffering that they do to Shuva, then it's only like a master. Says the Gemara, I'm believe because Dola Chuba, you know how great Chuba is, Shemagasa Kisa covered. It's so great that it gets to the very Kisa covered itself. A person can get to that level so quickly with Teshuva. Shemar Shuba Yisrael, Ad Hashem El Kacha, it gets all the way to Hashem. Top of the Amad Beis, Rabbi Yochanan, Golo Dola Chuba. Chuba is so great. Shedocha Slosa Shibit Torah, it overrides an, an Isra in the Torah. Shemar, it says in the Pasuk, Lema Hinishach Ishes Ishov, Holchavi Ishova, Hosha Shachar, Yashua Leva Orchanov, Hanov Tatachamar, Sahi. So Hashem is the Navi is giving like a, a marshal here. If a person divorces his wife, what's the halacha? She goes and marries another man. What's the din? You're not allowed. The, the original husband is not allowed to take her back. That's a lav in the Torah. And yet Hashem says, "What do you What do you do with tshuva?" Right? That in the nimshol, that's us. We sin. We have to get divorced. We go and marry other people, and we, we're like. Out from Akalish Parahu, but as soon as we wanted to do Shuva, Hashem takes us back. How could it be? It's Master Gusha. So, and the idea is that the Shuva is so great that Akalish Parahu uh, can take us back, despite the fact that it's Master Gusha when we've already moved on to a new husband, so to speak. But Akalish Parahu still takes us back. And then again, that speaks to the power of the Shuva. Amar Biyokon and Gedolu Shuva, how great is it? Shema Gavra says, Gula brings redemption. Shema Ravalasin Goel, Shavavashav Yaakov. The Redeemer comes to Tzion, Ula Shavavashav Yaakov. So, Matam Valatian, why is the Gula going to come? Mishum, the because of the people who are Shave Pasha, who are repenting from their sins. Says the Gemara, very famous Gemara. Here we see that Zedonus, when a person sins willfully, that through Teshuvah it becomes like it, as if it was just done B'Shogeg. So it's a Kashalta B'Avonecha. So Avon Mezidu, normally Avon is considered a willful sin. On the Torah is saying Kashalta B'Avonecha. So Kashalta is like a stumbling thing, it's like just like a mistake. So it's like a paradox. Kashalta B'Avonecha, the Territ is through Teshuvah, it happens that way. Even a willful sin becomes just like a mistake. Says the Gemara Ini, is it true that it's treated like a mistake? Farmer Shlakish, greater thing. 
When a person sins willfully, it becomes actually like a merit. And this is a very powerful idea that through Tshuva, it becomes as if that bear itself is a mitzvah because it helps you grow. You grew further. You evolved through the sin itself. So it becomes like a schos. So it sounds like you live because of them. It's like you're literally getting reward. It's like a merit that you sinned once you do Tshuva. So the Gemara explains, The second statement is Tshuva may have a motivated from love. From love that we see that even the Aver itself becomes like a schos. The first statement was only talking about when you're, motivated, when you're motivated by fear. So this is the second thing. Before we saw a previous idea about the difference between Teshuva, Mehava, uh, or from Yira. And now we're seeing another, another point. The original thing was whether or not there's still some, um, some stain which we moved. That was the Gemara Namadav. Now the Gemara is saying whether it's, whether it's considered like a schos or like a shogeg, but the two Gemaras obviously go together. Says the Gemara, and increases a person's longevity. He's going to live longer. Says the Gemara, come and observe. See how different our Kaddish Baruch Hu is from a regular human king. The way a human king would be, if somebody, uh, if somebody is annoying to his friend, he says something wrong with him with uh, with his words. So he's, he, he was offensive. Suffering inspires him and suffering inspires him. And it's a doubt whether the victim is ever going to, uh, going to be appeased by him or not. In other words, we don't know if the victim is sometimes, they're, they're not going to reconcile. Him time inspires him, even if he will theoretically um, be appeased. Suffering inspires him, suffering inspires him. We don't know what it's going to take. Sometimes it just takes words, sometimes it takes presence. We don't know what it's going to take. When it comes to Hashem, if a person does a sin in secret, even if it's in secret, he comes along just with words. And boom, HaKadosh Baruch Hu just listens to the words and he's a peace. Now we understand the meaning. Even though it's only Dvarim, we don't do much action. We just say, well, we, we, that, we, that we want to ask for forgiveness from Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is atones for us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks at Teshuvah as a good deed. Take good, meaning it's not like, oh, Hashem will let it happen. Hashem sees that when we do Teshuvah, we're doing the mitzvah. HaKadosh says that when we, when we ask for forgiveness, it's like we brought what our lips are compensated for, like we have, as if we brought carbonos. Hashem looks at like an edava, as if like we weren't obligated to do it. So look how much Hakadosh Baruch Hu is machshiv our teshuva. Says the Gemara Tanya says in the Bray Tzai Rami Omer, Kedola Tshuva Tshuva so great. Shemishul Yachid Shasu Tshuva Mochun Lo Alchalim Kula. When one Yachid does Tshuva. It affects the entire world. One person's tshuva theoretically can bring forgiveness to the entire world. So Mehem Lo Nemar doesn't say I've turned away from them. Elamimenu from him. So the beginning of the Pasuk starts off in the plural. Hashem is going to love them and heal them. Even though at the end of the Pasuk it sounds like it's talking about a tshuva for that one personal person did. So we see the idea is that one person's tshuva can be mechaper for the whole world. What's an example of Baal tshuva? Meaning, what's a full acceptance of tshuva. How do we know a person has really repented? The opportunity to sin comes away first and a second time and he saved, uh, he saved again and again. So meaning, the Yetzirah brings a person right back to the same opportunity to sin and yet these times a person doesn't do it. That's about tshuva. He's in the same place in the same opportunity and he doesn't do it. Mach, we have Yudah, Yudah like showed that has to be with the same woman at the same time at the same place. Meaning, if the context changes and now it's, the Yetzirah isn't the same, then it's not necessarily an indication about tshuva. To be an indication about tshuva has to be it's like the same scenario repeats itself and yet this time the person doesn't sin because of the teshuva so then... Uh, so then that's considered about Shuvah.
Says the Gemara, I'm reviewed the Rav Rami. Rav had a steer, Xiv, Ashri, Nisue, Pesha, Kisue, Chata. It's good as a person whose sins uh, were concealed. Uxiv, Machaza, Bashal, Itzel, somebody who conceals a sin will not succeed. So the question is, should a person talk about their sins? Publicly, or should they conceal them? That's the contradiction that we have in the Pesukim. So the Gemara says, Lokasha, The second Pasuk, which says, Don't try to cover it up, it's talking about one that's already well known. So if it's already well known, everybody knows about it, so there's no sense of covering it up. That's the point of the Pasuk. The first Pasuk, which is better to conceal it, is a chet, which is not well known, so you shouldn't do it. Why? Because if you talk about a chet that people don't know, that itself is a chel Hashem Shemaim. We speak about chel Hashem before. So speaking freely about one's sins, if that's, they're not well known, then that shouldn't be done. That causes chel Hashem. Says the Gemara's second solution here. One, which is talking about concealing sin, is talking about it's better, it's better to conceal. So there's different types of sins. If it's against somebody else, so you should reveal it so that people, people will try to get, you know, uh, the forgiveness between different people. But if it's, but if it's from, uh, but if it's from so then, then we, so then we want, um, we want it to stay silent. Continues the Gemara. Tani says in the Bible, "Yes, Rabbi Amer. Oh, Adam of a person does a sin. Pamrishon Mochlo. The first time he gets Mechila. Shnila Mochlo. Second time he gets Mechila. Shloshes Mochlo. Third time also he gets forgiveness. Revius. But if it happens a fourth time, a person keeps repeatedly on sinning in Mochlo. The idea that Mechila doesn't happen. But even again, it doesn't mean necessarily that Chuva is, is is ever totally not an option. It just means that the Chuva alone will not will not will not necessarily help. But you might need some of the other factors like we spoke about before. Chuva, Misa, so on and so forth. Then I will not pardon them. But Omer it says, Why do we need a second pasuk? What was wrong with the first pasuk? Maybe you'll say this is only with the tzibur. But not for a yachid. In other words, maybe if it's only the tzibur is repeatedly sinning, then we're so machmer. But if it's just a yachid, then it's okay. We look at the pasuk. So even though it's a solitary person, it's two or three times it's okay. But for more than that, it's a problem. Okay, so we have a concept that after three times, there's like this, there's this like pattern, this chazaka establishment of sin, and then we're going to have a problem. Akolish will no longer be mechaper so easily with tshuva. Says the Gemara Tarabonon, if a person does vidoy on Yom Kippur for a particular sin, the question is, the next Yom Kippur, should he include them in his vidoy? He already uh, atoned for it last Yom Kippur and he was misvada on it. So what about the next Yom Kippur? Should he be misvada? So the, the first time it says, you shouldn't do it again. But if you repeated the sin, so it depends. If you didn't sin the next year with that same thing, so then you shouldn't confess again because you're, you assume you already get kapara. But if you did do it again, then you have to be misvada again. So you shouldn't repeat them. You confess them. It's like a dog that returns to his vomit, so too is this fool. So if it doesn't, we're saying that like, if you didn't sin and you keep on confessing, it's just like, oh, you naturally keep on confessing. It doesn't make sense. We're saying it's like a dog who goes back to his vomit. Once you got kapar, you got kapar. Once you confessed last year, you confessed last year. Why would you bother doing it again? Says the Gemara, a dissenting view. Not necessarily everybody agree with this. In other words, the position of the first Tana is that once you, you got kapara, once you already misfathed, unless you sinned again, then it doesn't make sense to ask for forgiveness again. Says the second opinion of Rabbi Yaakov Omer, actually it's praiseworthy to do such a thing. My sin is always in front of me. Meaning, a person is always like very 
insecure about, about his sins. So even if he, he, he confessed about it the previous Yom Kippur and he doesn't think that he sinned again this year, he should still do the confession with it again. So what does it mean in the Pasuk, like the dog going back to the vomit? If it's actually good, even though you confessed last year with the sin, but to repeat the confession the next year. So what is, what, what is the Pasuk referring to that it doesn't make sense like the dog going back to the vomit. So the Gemara says, If a person does a sin, he repeats it, it becomes mutter to him. Once you do an Aveir twice, it's mutter. So famous Gemara, Is it actually mutter? If you do an Aveir twice, it's mutter. In a person's mind, anything that you've done, at least twice, it becomes in your own mind as if it's hatcher. You, you stop viewing it as being such a bad thing to do. So, so that's the idea of like a dog going back to its vomit. So, but according to Rosman Yaakov, once you confess once, it's still proper to keep on confessing despite the fact that you did it on the previous Yom Kippur. Okay, so Machlok is there. Another halacha, a person should specify, meaning you shouldn't just say, I sinned. You should specify what sin it was. When Moshe says to He's getting, trying to confess for the people. He specifies what they did. He says they sinned and they made an eagle. That's your opinion of Rehidim and Baba, that you should specify the sin. No, you don't have to. We said it's good to conceal the sin. So it's good to conceal the sin. So you just say, Hashem, I sinned. But you don't have to specify what the sin was exactly. And that also qualifies as Vidoy. So according to Rabbi Akiva, what does it mean that they made Hello, Hezav. Why is Moshe specifying what the sin was? So the Gemara answers, The reason Moshe is saying, he's saying like this. Wait, Hashem says, uh, Moshe is saying to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, all the gold and silver that you gave to the Jewish people until they themselves were saying that it's enough, meaning you gave them so much money, that's what caused them to make the Elohei Zahab. So Moshe is saying not because he's confessing. For the confession, you can just say they sinned. But he's saying they made the golden eagle because he's saying to Hashem, it's your gold that all of this, you caused them to become so rich. You caused the Jewish people to have all the gold. And that's what caused them to make the eagle. So it's not part of the confession, but it's actually part of the argument that HaKadosh Baruch Hu needs to forgive them for Chate Egel because it was Hashem's fault in a certain way for causing it by giving all the gold. So we end up with the machlokas if, if, if the one doing confession has to be mafari to sachet or, or you could just say to Hashem uh, that I have sick. Says the Gemara, we had two very good leaders for Christ. Who are they? Moshe and David. And we see a very interesting contrast about the way that they related to their sins. Moshe wanted that all, all the time in the Torah it should say that Moshe sinned, right? Moshe sinned with the story of the rock, that uh, he hit the rock instead of speaking to the rock. It was a big chal Hashem. Could have been a bigger kiddush Hashem by speaking to the rock. And he always wanted that it should be written in the Torah that Moshe had sinned. Shinema, for example, That's an example that Mar brings. It says black and white in the Torah, you didn't believe in me to bring me Kiddush Hashem, and therefore it says you're going to be punished, you're not going to go to Eretz Yisrael. So Moshe was okay with that being in the Torah. He wanted that always being written in the Torah, that he had failed to be Mekadashim Shemaim there. Whereas regards to David, David, David wanted with the story of Bathsheba, where he crossed the line and he was... Uh, it was a questionable Ashish situation, and it was a question if he called Oria. That whole sin that David didn't want it always to be written explicitly what occurred. And we have the Pasuk in Tehillim where David is asking forgiveness, and he says, I want this sin to be concealed. So David's response to his sin is that he wants it concealed. Moshe's response to his sin is that he's very happy for it to be exposed in the Torah and written that he was failed to be Mikadashim Shemaim. So, how do we understand why is Moshe wanting it to be written so, so, so explicitly in the, in the Torah? And David, the opposite, David wants it concealed. 
difficult. So the Gemara says, Mashal to Moshe and David. This story could be a parable for Moshe and David. What is it compared? If you have two different women who are taken in the court uh, to get punished. Achaz Kokola, one did really bad. She did adultery. It was, a, it was a horrible thing and she's getting punished. Achaz, Agla One is eating the unripe figs of Shviyas, which is a very light sin. So Shemitah, you're not supposed to waste, right? You're supposed to be always getting the best from the fruit. So if you eat an unripe fig, that's not taking the best of the fruit. It's really wasting the fruit. So that's also a sin. So both of them are, get, are getting punished. But one is for, for and it's happening together, you know, they're being taken to the court. But one is, is getting, is being punished for a light sin and one is being punished for a more severe sin. So is the woman who had eaten the unripe figs of she, she says to the court, I want everybody to know which sin I'm, what, 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 which sin I did. Because she doesn't want people to assume that the same way the other woman is getting punished for adultery, oh, this other woman is getting punished for adultery as well. She doesn't want people to assume that. So she wants her sin publicized so that everybody will actually think better of her. So what do they court to have you? They bring unripe figs and they hang them around her neck so that everybody will know, oh, she's the lighter one. They would announce that the reason she's getting punished is because of matters pertaining to the Shemitah year. So this is the idea that Moshe Rabbeinu, who did the lighter sin, he wanted it to be very clear in the Torah that he had done something more severe. So for example, everyone else was being punished that they didn't go into Eretz Israel that generation because of the miracle. And Moshe wasn't part of the miracle. Moshe wasn't going into Israel because of a much lighter thing. Moshe was going in because he didn't do a great enough Kiddush Hashem with the rock. So Moshe wanted it to be emphasized that it was the sin with the rock that was causing it and not that people should think that it was because of the miracle. Says the There's another time where it's good to expose sin. If there's an inconsistency, a hypocrite, because the hypocrites cause tremendous So this idea here, the Pasuk is referred to, is that um, when people like are acting one way, and as if they're big tzaddikim, but really they're doing bad things, that it's actually a mitzvah in a certain way to expose it, so that it doesn't cause chil Continues the Gemara to Shuvas and Mukhlat and Even if a person is totally a Russia, the Mukhlat, like an absolutely wicked person, still it blocks punishment. Even though it was already Zardin, it was already decreed, and it's already been sealed and everything, but still Teshuvah can help. Shavas Rosham Sova Takala. It says in the Brisa that, that when the Rosham have Shalva, they're, they're, they're totally at peace, so that causes uh, Takala, causes them to plan to sin. Like, that's the idea. They, they don't see anything bad with what they're doing. They don't think HaKadosh Baruch Hu cares. So the shalva, the tranquility that they're enjoying, causes them to sin. We have an idea that Rosh's, the person is in control and authority, it causes a, to bury the people who hold it. What does that mean? That when a person gets too much power, so, so it causes a person to die a little bit prematurely. One enters into Rosh's, into control, power, in a naked way, and he leaves naked, meaning you don't gain anything from it. When you become a public leader, you don't get, you don't really gain from the experience. The best thing is that a person shouldn't sin when he does it. He goes in, he should go out the way he came in, meaning halavai, that a person doesn't sin and get tainted through public leadership. Says the Gemara Rav, when Rav would go out to judge, and others, again, he wanted to be, talk to himself and be careful that he wouldn't sin when he was doing judgments, Amar Achi would say this. What did he say? Of his own, he's going to his death, meaning if somebody makes a mistake in judgment, he's punished. So he's like, here I am, bringing myself willingly to my death. Utsavu basically less the avid. In the wish of his household, he doesn't perform. He's in the court. In other words, he neglects his house. For also he goes back to his house empty-handed. He's not doing much. He's not profiting at all. And Josh is not allowed to get a salary. 
So here I am, I'm not providing for my family, I'm going to go back empty-handed. I hope that I don't at least sin when I'm doing it. I should return home the same way I'm departing without sin. Hopefully I'll get home. So he's speaking to himself to try to like emphasize how dangerous it is to judge. He would say this about himself. If his own, he's going to his death. He's not doing the wishes of the house. When he's performing the court, he's not ordering a parnas of his family. I'm going back empty-handed. I should return home. Uh, the same way that I'm leaving. Gavi, obviously, Ambu Abbasar, when he saw that there were a bunch of people who were following him to give him comfort, so Rav wants to emphasize humility. Amar, he would say this passage to himself. That again, we're talking about the person who thinks he's so great and he's going to reach the clouds, but he's still going to perish because people are just going to say, where is he? So he's talking about, you know, the futility of Kavod, how it's not worth much. Rav Zutra, when the students would carry him on their shoulders by the Shavs of the Rigla, when it was a huge crowd for the Shurim, so he didn't want to feel all the Kavod, Rav Amr, he would say to the Apostles, what is power? The crown doesn't last forever. So again, the point is to emphasize humility, even at the times of the Kavod, these people were saying, uh, we're saying this to make sure that um, that they, it didn't get to their heads.